here. Oh yeah. We. Oh yeah. Go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Again. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the coolest MMA pod in the world, the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandino. Boys, today, just like I said, boys on the drop there. Boy, today we are going to recap last night's UFC Fight Night main event: Alexander Rakic versus Jan Blachowicz. Then we're going to spin it forward with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night, which is a kind of very sneaky good card, mm-hmm. headlined by Holly Holm versus Ketlin Vieta. Especially at the top. Then Brandon will hit us with one of his world-famous facts, don't care about your feelings. And finally, all the news and happenings in the sport of MMA and more. But first, boys, how are we doing? Doing go, good. Go. Just went on, on episode seventy eight. Wow, getting up there. Mm-hmm. Um, went on a walk this morning, so drank a lot of water. Feeling good. Feeling pretty fit today. Yeah. Actually, good. Being honest, I did a bike ride this morning. Nice. Good for you. Stationary bike. Does that count? That counts. That's movement. It's activity. My legs hurt. Well, I also squatted yesterday. Ooh. So it's so, a little active recovery. Yeah, I was feeling it like halfway through. A little active recovery. Yeah. It's good for you. Nice. Yeah. So that's where we're at today. But it's okay. And then I gotta go. I gotta go jean shopping after this. <laughs> Mm. And it's not even like the it's work jeans. Mm. So like I'm already attaching negative things to the pants that I'm buying. Who cares? They're, work, they're just work jeans. I know. Are you gonna I, try I, on? I, I, yeah, I have to. Why? Yeah. Because I think I'm gonna go to TJ Maxx because they're gonna be cheaper. And the thing about like stores like that is you could try on three of the same pants and they're all gonna fit differently. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know they're missing a stitch or something. So you, that's like. Basketball shorts for sure. Like you want to be able to get. No, I wear jeans. No, I'm talking about like, oh. the try on. Like certain uh, shopping trips, you got to yeah. wear certain things because you know you're gonna have to be. Yeah, I'm not excited. about You it. seem like a guy that gets really into your fashion, though. I am, but not work. I could mm-hmm. care less. That's what I'm saying. It's like not even the fun shopping. It's just going for work. Why don't you just get like some overalls? You know what? Though I'm gonna tease something because I told John about this. I bought a shirt. Mm-hmm. Wednesday. Okay. And mm-hmm. I bought this shirt. Spend a little bit much on it, <laughs> just to make you jealous. Yeah, just to make me jealous. This shirt was solely bought. It's you brought a cool, a, it, It's a cool shirt. You bought it Wednesday. Yes. Why aren't you wearing it? It's not here yet. It's oh. it's got a ship. Okay. okay. It might be the only piece of fashion that you would be jealous. But here's of. the thing. Mm. After shipping and handling, it came out to like forty five dollars, and I was like, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> then hold on. I can't say he isn't then dedicated to it. I bit. buy I buy this thing, and then I start processing it. Like thirty minutes later, like. It's Brandon. He's not going to give a shit about my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably like, oh. For people that don't know, Brandon is like white tee, black tee every day? Yeah, every day. By choice. Yesterday, I did wear a gray, uh, my Jim Wendler shirt. Oh, okay. So yeah, you'll switch then. it up every Do yeah. a graphic tee. But by choice, that's what he does. Um, and I, that just hit me all at once. Like, I bought this shirt just to like kind of go at, like not go at you but just try to make you jealous with I mean, you never know man i might you might actually get me this one i have no idea what to expect now. john knows what the shirt yeah. is i think do you think it's gonna get him i do think it is um i, but do too. I, I think after he says it'd be like but 45 dollars <laughs> yeah 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 18 maybe probably i i agree it is and i'll, I'll give you this hint it's mma related it is an MMA shirt. It could be anything. I mean, first guess is probably be right. I mean, that has to be the first it's guess. It's a fighter, but, but I'm not going to yeah. tell you who. You're out. Hopefully next week. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Hopefully. My new gi came in. I got a new gi. You should wear that to the next podcast. One. I might do that. There you go. I'll wear my shirt. You wear a new gi. What gi did you get? Origin. Oh, origin that's gi. right. Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it a black? No, it's a white one. Do you want to say white what one. you paid for it? 
Uh, I can. I mean, I don't know if I should plug <laughs> where I got it though, because I, I black market get it from somewhere, so I got a little bit of a discount. That's a fair because he's a. Um, I mean, he's our distributor. Pers- yeah, but, yeah, but I think as a distributor, you get those discounts. Okay, I don't want to like get anybody in trouble. Uh, I bought it through Clingerman, yeah. so I got it a I little cheaper. So I only paid about. I don't wear an affiliate, so yeah. yeah. So it was one eighty. So nice. not too sure. And the, but the thing is, man, that's an investment, right? Because those are really, really good geese. They last a long time. They are. As long as you don't grow out of them, they're not going to tear. They're not going to break down. So that's what happened to mine. I spent 180 on mine and it's a good thing, bad thing, but I lost too much weight mm-hmm. and now it's just obsolete. Yeah. That's the only thing though, right? Yeah. Is, is if you lose weight or gain a bunch of weight, yeah. that's really the only thing that's And gonna... it's a bummer because they're awesome geese. Yeah. I love the pants, the buckle mm-hmm. with the, uh, um, the belt, the, the belt, pro, the pro pants. Oh, they're the best. The, the jackets. I mm-hmm. loved, I loved that gi, but once it just got way too big. Yeah. I still wear the top. The top's not too bad, but the pants are just, that's what happened to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you can actually get new pants. You can just buy the pants. They're expensive yeah. on they're, their they're own. Like 80 bucks, but <laughs> it's better than, you know, 200. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And they're good pants. Yeah. I, I should just buy some just to wear with any gi time. wear around town yeah, maybe just wear around like town Kyle. put pockets in them see our boy chase is trying to get a little flashy one with the inside of the like a design remember the one he sent us in oh, the group chat i can't see had that some stuff. type of design on the inside oh it was like an anime looking yeah design. he gets it on bjhq he yeah. shows into me all the time what do you think about this you like yeah. this key do you think this one will make me more like sleek? it looks cool but let's see how long it lasts yeah That's my yeah yeah, I think uh, John told me to get a female size. wasn't very nice. Told him to get a female yeah. size? Yeah. Ouch. Gender fluid, man. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I told him he better get an A7 for the pants. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably put that in his profile on like Instagram <laughs> or something. I'm an A7 in the pants. A2 wink. on top, A7 in the bottom, daddy. <laughs> Dang, dude, you built like a light bulb? What you, <laughs> what's going on? Well, other than geese and bees... Um, Outside, anything else that anybody wants to talk about from their week? That's interesting. It's heating up, baby. There it is. I, you know what? I was actually going to say. You remember we used to start every pod, and John would talk about the weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we put a stop to it. And now I kind of miss it from time to time. So, John, what what's your weather update? Where are you at on this weather? This week was rough. <laughs> I just. But you got to be fair with where I know, work, though. But here's what fast the the weather impacts you so much on a day because like, where I work, bro. Like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's, it's just, a foundry. It's it's ten to fifteen degrees but, hotter. But people have been doing it for a hundred years, you know. So yeah. it's not like and it's they don't have like podcasts. Or else they'd be like, man, it's been a hot. It's one. not like an impossible feat. It's not that it's to impossible get, to get through the day. Maybe. Yeah, mm. but it's an annoyance because their their factory is definitely hotter than mine. But mine is like so. Anytime you're in them, especially like mine, the more central you are in the, I mean, it's just dead air, and it's usually like mine's usually like ten to fifteen, sometimes out maybe than it is outside like you walk outside and it's sometimes like oh it feels good it's good for you man but you get fans mm. but i'm also by a liquid aluminum and john sits down 1200 degrees and john sits hey, down all day i definitely don't sit down john all day. sits down i definitely don't but that's out of, okay out of eight hours how somebody much works you? harder than others and it's me jeez <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my I'm lifting a hundred. I'm lifting like 40, 50 pound parts 180 times a day. You're standing there doing this. No, 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 no. You don't lift anything. You don't uh, walk t- around yeah, and carry do. things. Some jobs you do. Certain well, stations you do. But you can only carry so much by safety. Um, Yeah, but you guys. The parts we lift up, you guys have to use a hoist for. There's a difference. No, nobody mm. uses that hoist. But you're supposed to. Yeah, or else you'll get in trouble. Does. It takes forever. They though. don't even give us a hoist. I'm telling you, I'm interested. John doesn't do much. All right. Well, if we if we switch, he'd be like, "Yeah, man, I'm, I think I'm gonna sign up for Walmart." Let's it's feeling a little bit. I think better. we should do a fitness challenge. 
Not a fitness oh, challenge. Oh, I would destroy it. It's him. a job challenge. Like, he, his fitness would not hold up well, my job. Well, we could, we could kind of emulate. I mean, I've seen Because John can go sit down whenever he wants. I can't. So, like, in an hour, so, like, you get a break every hour and a half. He he does not stand for an hour and a half straight. But the job I do will make you want to sit down. Mine does too, Poppy. Let me tell you. It's just not the same, man. <laughs> it's not. My dog's pretty easy, to be honest. Like, I just yeah. sit and talk to people. Hey, we had a good question. This We got to get into this episode. We had a good question <laughs> for you. Yeah. If you had to, like, belt yourself at your job, where would you say you were at? Belt myself? Like, white through black belt. Oh, man. I'm going to be very, very honest. Um, I would say four-stripe white belt. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. How would yeah. you belt yourself as a podcaster? Mm, mm, two, three stripe white belt. Oh, you're no. So you're you're just. I look at you guys you're being too much. I, I what look I'm at saying you guys is, is like three, four stripe blue belts. You are know? you judging your job? I would say skill e- lower than I mean because you're kind of close there. So at this point, you're gonna say, "Oh, I could be a podcaster for my job because I'm only a one stripe." So the away. job thing, I'm surrounded by people who've been doing it for forty years. Fair enough. So I know what they know, and I know okay, I know a lot. There's a lot I don't know, right? I gotta just kind of get into more stuff, but. I think my approach, I look at myself, I'd probably get a black belt a lot sooner than they did yeah. based on the like me coming up gotcha. in my work. And then as far as podcasting, I'm just looking at you two as kind of the higher ups. Yeah, but even if we're like, if you say we're three, four, you're you're a blue belt. Mm, yeah. Can't be far. Nice, we all started together. Yeah. So you're not far behind. Yeah. You're just like me. Well, I guess I look at it as you two are like the college wrestlers coming into jujitsu, and I'm like the no, nerdy you're giving us too much little credit. kid. No. no, we're just We social. just had to get you to talk into a mic. Once you were in a, talking in a mic... The rest is history. Maybe. We're doing facts don't care about your feelings nowadays. Mm. Yeah. You're doing your own segment. That's a top three segment yeah. on the whole podcast. Boys, let's get into these fights. And I got something juicy in my one for the people. I almost wanted to bring it up in the beginning because it, it got me burning this week. I was a little fired up. <laughs> Do it. It's not about you guys for once either. Do it. No, it's just about people. It's nothing. Change serious. it up. It's, it's really not. But just a little teaser. Okay. So just know the, the heat's coming at the end. Just a little teaser to stick Listeners. around. Because okay. I'm probably going to offend some people, and I'm okay with that. And it has to do with people. It has to do with food. I'll mm. give you that. <laughs> okay. So will you have to say, like, a, the thoughts and opinions shared on this podcast? Or not you guys might want to. Okay. John, let the people, before we get into these fights, let mm-hmm. the people know what we need them to do for us each and every week. Listen, whatever device you're listening to us on, iPad, on your phone, if you're on a computer, or tablet, whatever... Whatever you're listening to us on, we need you to go there. We need you to follow us, subscribe. We need you to leave a review if you're on Apple Podcast, if you're on Spotify. Both of those things, you can leave us a review. You can leave us stars, five stars preferably. If not, I mean, it is what it is, but it's kind of a hater move. Just show us some love, man. We we get so much more um, interaction, and we, we, we see our numbers increase when we get some people yeah, kind of showing us some sure. love and giving us our reviews. So do that. And then on Instagram, Neon Belly Podcast, you know, we post up videos from these on there. I tell you guys every time to see that. Um, Nathan does a really great job editing. We have effects. I mean, we have a little bit of a not budget, but we make it work. And also, I'm officially announcing, we don't have any videos on it yet, but the Neon Belly Podcast is now on TikTok. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, we needed to expand our social media because yeah. okay. we don't even use our Twitter and we Instagram is cool, but TikTok is where people are blowing up right now. Here's the honest. thing. We have so many outlandish, like the conversations that we have every UFC fight night, if we just 
dedicated ourselves to putting those on Twitter. <laughs> I feel yeah. Like we would send hot it, takes and whatnot. We would send MMA Twitter into a rage oh, in a yeah. good way for us, probably. For sure. So, yes, but yeah, hit us up. And like John said, every time we get a five star review or rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, our numbers go up. So, it's so important. Um, I know it doesn't seem like much, but you can support us in a huge way. We don't have ads, we don't have any types of sponsorships or any money coming in. So, that's how you get us going for free, baby. Boys, yeah. last night, UFC fight night, Jan Blachowicz defeats Alexander Rakic in the main event via TKO medical stoppage in the third round mm. uh, due to Rakic's knee blowing out. Um, after kind of planting on it as he was taking a step back, I can't. I think he might have thrown a kick or something. And he was taking a kick. Yeah, he something, a kick. yeah, and he took a, He's kind of took a step back. Uh, he didn't take a kick on the leg that no. uh, snapped, but he took a step back, planted on it, and just instantly went down. Uh, pretty gnarly. If you haven't seen the replay or didn't see the fight, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, you you see just see vibration it snap. Oh, ugh. Gives me all the heebie-jeebies in the world, all the shakes. Um, <laughs> really, really sucks because I kind of liked where that fight. That fight was going to get interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and really sucks for Rackage. Waited 14 months just to even get back into the cage. And now he's going to be out for at least another 8 to 10 months, you would probably think. I'm mm. just assuming. Uh, I'm hearing ACL. Seems like a lot of uh, people a lot smarter than us in the medical field are saying it was probably more than likely. I've seen some people say ACL and MCL, which is a pretty rare occurrence to have it's happen. Like a football injury. Yeah, but I guess he said he put out a Instagram or Twitter or something on social media and said that this happened three weeks ago. I was going to ask. I wondered if it was pre pre-existing. Yeah, he had something that happened with that knee three weeks ago, similar where it kind of slid like that or something. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, probably went into it with a partial tear or something. Like, and then did a full. Kind of like we they suspected with Connor, and then it just that one little putting weight on it just snapped it. But, uh, yeah, man, let's just talk about the fight, I guess, first. You know, I mean, we kind of talked about what happened, which mm -hmm. kind of overshadows everything in a sense. But right. round one, I don't know about you guys. Close. I thought, really? I thought yeah. Jan looked the best he's looked since the Dominic no, I, Reyes I thought, I thought he won, but oh, I thought yeah. they, they were both hitting each other, kicking each yeah, other. I thought, yes. I thought Rakic definitely was doing an okay job. I thought it was yeah. maybe being way too... Um, uh, what would I say? I don't really know the word I'm thinking about, but just was way too like willing to accept those leg kicks from Jan yeah. to the point where he was really starting to defend him in like what I would call maybe a negative manner by like just bringing his feet together, like you know what I mean, like mm -hmm. getting big reactions. Yeah. Um. Every time Jan threw that from Rackage, but yeah, I thought Jan looked really good in that. Yeah. First. I was really impressed with Jan. Yeah. Um, Really, I mean that I, left to the body overhand right was landing killing him every, every time. time, and the whole time Bisping's like, you "Better watch out, your head's yeah. open." And it's like, well. Alexander doesn't see that because he's he landed that at will. And and Rakic is such a good kicker, and like Jan was checking everything. Like that those, was what surprised me was the checks yeah. from Jan because you had talked about that leading up to this was the mm -hmm. the kicks from yeah, Rakic, Rakic, Rakic yeah. and he checked majority of them. There was two or three they got through pretty sure. well, but after those two or three, man, Jan was really doing a good well, job. And I felt like towards the end of the round, Rakic was still kind of throwing them out there, but he was not committing to them. And mm -hmm. I think because they were being checked and it was probably hurting a little yeah. bit. Said he was starting to swell up on that leg. Yeah, it was having a really hard time getting to Jan with the hands too. I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys picked up on that, mm -hmm. but he was, I could tell he was getting a little frustrated because he just wasn't finding the home for anything. He kept yeah. throwing that one-two. Like yeah. It was just a constant real drawn back one-two and Jan was just kind of getting just out of the way of it. I mean, if he connected, it sure mm -hmm. definitely would have been high damage, but he yeah. just couldn't couldn't connect. Well, with he it. did connect with one really good jab, and actually, we'll get to it in a minute. But opened up 
a really bad Could have been cut. Been the end of fight. It like, really, I and it I, was right into the eye. And yeah, then, and we'll we'll talk about it in a minute. But I think is going to be something that might cause some real serious, at least delay in mm-hmm. Jan's future as well. Right. Um. So we'll get to the eye in a minute. But yeah, um, really nasty cut on Jan's eye that he basically said he couldn't see for the rest of that mm-hmm. round out of it. So then we get to round two. And Rakic, four minutes and 33 seconds of control time, takes Jan down. Runs that boy. Really good single, <laughs> runs it, gets on top of him and holds him for four minutes and 33 seconds. That's a 10-8 to me. Yeah. I mean. I, mean, I thought Jan almost had that triangle, though. That was interesting. I was like. The way he, he was able to, the fact that he let him keep his leg that and he kept his arm in. Yeah, when he locked it, I was like, I wonder what the odds for Jan by submission were. Because I thought he was going to get it. I mean, he has like nine submission wins. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Definitely a 10-9. 10-8, though? Yeah. I think the control, four minutes and 33 seconds of control. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't like it was super damaging. It's control. I mean, I thought he was, I mean, he was landing He was elbows. landing, for sure, but it wasn't anything big or crazy. It's just so hard, though, when you're just literally down like that for that amount of time. And Jan did absolutely nothing. The triangle attempt in the beginning was nice, and but that was within, like, the first 15, 20 seconds. And yeah. there was just nothing offered from Jan after that. He tried to get up. I mean, it's not like he was just accepting it. But well, one, uh, after he tried the triangle, it seems like he locked that body lock for a while, like the closed guard for a while, and was kind of just trying to set up the arm bar. He tried to go for it once; it didn't, it wasn't yeah. there. But the um, whole time, Rakic is just yeah. like getting off. Whether they were like huge damaging blows, you know, even when he was trying to wall walk to get up, you know, Rakic was sneaking those uppercuts in, um, locked the legs up for a while, like mm-hmm. kind of Habib style against the cage. I guess I look at more like what I would have liked. Again, I'm nobody, but what I would have liked to have seen is more of an attempt to improve position from mm-hmm. Rakic oh, like passing. and. Um, yeah, I hate to say bigger shots because I know it's hard to land him there. But to me, guard is, yes, he's in a dominant position, but it's not like he's up 80-20. I mean, it's very much could be offensive for Jan. It's it's sort of like up against the cage. We, like we talk about that a lot, right? When fights mm-hmm. take up, take place against the cage all the time, like it's hard to say you're completely dominating. Sure, you're controlling. You're in the controlling position, but you're not doing a ton with it. I think it's I think the three things they score rounds on is damage, control, Aggression. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say, like, wanting to see passing, trying to improve. Yeah, I know. But um, the takedown. Submission attempts. You could, you could consider yeah. the takedown, you know, aggression or, I mean, just certain, yeah. like, the, the ground and pound. To me, he got two out of the three. That's why I would mm-hmm. say, I don't know if it was 10-8. I guess I should have looked the cards up. I would have been interested to know It was the definitely scores. the more defining round between for sure. the first yeah. and yeah. second. I mean, definitely, he dominated in round. He yeah. won for oh, sure. Yeah. It was definitely 1-1 one, one going into that third. And then this happened fairly early i didn't get the time on it but fairly early in around mm-hmm. three this happened so that was the fight that's kind of the recap of what happened really sitting here i don't i, I couldn't tell you where that fight was going to go though no. i think i do think we were in for five rounds i i felt like it or at least it was going to go long i do feel like that but well i think if if that back leg didn't give out for rackage the front leg might have because yeah, he kept on eating those leg point. kicks you know and it took away the jab yeah um and then you know for Jan, he was still letting go of bombs. He was he was starting to miss on certain things, and it was didn't look great. Like some of them leg kicks, he yeah. wasn't like hiding, right? And he was just throwing them, and it didn't look great. But we also know he has that type of power to yeah. where I mean, it lasts throughout the round. So yeah. here's my problem though: he looked Jan looked a lot like Adesanya off his back. Yeah, right? there was not a lot of movement. wasn't a whole lot of like, especially given the way he lost to Glover. I would have expected to see, okay, man, you're on your back. What are yeah. you going to do here? Because you've gotten stuck here before. And if you're letting Alexander put you on your back, which I know he's got a good single, but 
to hold him like that and just mm-hmm. I mean mangle over and you're, you're going to do a lot worse if yeah. you on your back. Yeah, and I, that's what I, I think I said that last week is I wouldn't be so quick to say that Jan had the grappling because I think Rakic has shown in his past mm-hmm. couple that single leg, especially like you mentioned. And I mean, I thought when he was on top, like you said, when he got on top and really kind of settled into that guard, I got the impression that that's exactly where the fight, and it did. You know, like you're just, you could just tell it was just, he controlled. That's why I kind of leaned, leaned towards that 10 8 in the second. Mm-hmm. Some, which, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, which would, which had we had gone to a decision, you know, Rakic wins just one more round, even if Jan wins two more. You know what I mean? It could have mm-hmm. been a crazy draw. I mean, we could have. It just could have been really interesting. Right. I think it's to, to me, it's interesting. I think some people have such pretty, such good jujitsu, MMA mm-hmm. jujitsu on top, like when they're on top of people. Sure. But if you put them on their back, man, it's just a totally good different show. world. Yeah. Like they just aren't that good. Yeah. And I think that's Jan. I think we're seeing that. Like if he's on top, you you go in for a long night. But if yeah. you get him down, it's like hey, you yeah, can hold him down pretty. Easy. There's not very many Oliveira Diaz type of people to where it's like. All right, I don't want no parts of jumping right. into that. A lot of guys are like, oh, yeah, I'm jumping into that. I'm throwing punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you might try to throw up a quick triangle, but that's about it. So after the fight, um, Glover obviously tweets that, you know, once he's done with, uh, yeah, Michael Bisping. <laughs> like, so, so, for, your fight. yeah, so, like, yeah, so <laughs> literally as they're in the cage, um, like announcing Jan and all the uh, rackage. Uh, Glover tweets out that he was rooting for Jan and said, you know, you win tonight, I'll win in June, and then we'll run it back. And so after the fight, Bisping is like, uh, you know, Glover uh, tweeted that he wants to run it back with you. Did you see that? And Jan's like, Lola, don't t- don't check my phone during the fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> duh, Michael. Like, you walked right into that one, dude. Like, uh, so, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I I, th- I think Glover has to focus on Yuri. I thought that was a really interesting tweet to throw that out there when you're about to face a lot of people thinking not only just the future champ, but a guy that's probably going to run this division for a long time. So I don't want to say I think Glover is looking past Yuri because I don't think that's the case, but really interesting tweet there to throw that out. Um, but with the eye um, on the post fight show, Jan said that like he couldn't see and stuff, but I guess um, they think it might require surgery. It sounds like he might have like almost lost his eyeball. Like there was a like a real risk that yeah. he could have like lost his eye because I think it was like internal is what they were saying. He mm. split it like internally or like I really I don't know. Like I don't yeah, understand. Look, it this went stuff. from the that corner of your it's eye a, like down in. It's a nasty, nasty cut. Yeah. yeah, it was more internal, and that's why. So it, did like his nail catch it or? Was I think it, it was because we've seen it with boxing gloves. Sometimes the the seam or mm. I think it was just like the seam where the finger comes out. Well, they said with like have. four ounce gloves, you'd be surprised how much the knuckle can come through too if it was a hard and it did look like a pretty hard jab so they said it just could have just caught him perfectly but that's something that i mean especially given his age he's like what 40 i think 39 39 you know that's probably something that's going to take a lot of time to to, at least a little bit of time to recover for sure Mm -hmm. so i don't want to quite throw him into like next for the title quite yet um but after yuri Glover, regardless of who wins, unless, you know, there's always, we always say, there's always those weird stipulations. I do think him running it back is the most, I mean, he's the number one ranked. Regardless of this, it's a win, I guess. You know, you kind of did look really good in round one. Not so great in round two. It's just a mixed bag. You just, that's what's so weird about this main event sitting here today is like walking away from it. I have no idea how I feel about either (laughs) of these guys. Um, And and honestly, if I'm being honest, I feel more bad today for a guy like Rakic because it's just like, gosh, dude, uh, 
wait that long and now you're gonna have to wait even longer and like yeah. it just it just sucks man it's just it's the weird. game man and well and the other part that gets interesting though is there's some younger guys coming up in the division that are a little bit more yeah have an exciting past couple fights that could and especially if he's out for a minute for surgery could put yawn back a little bit but like you said being number one and then winning i mean yeah it's hard it's tough regardless of how granted know. his title fight wasn't very close yeah you know with glover um, he kind of ended up falling but that out just, there. It just wasn't Yon, though, man. Like, especially seeing him in that first round. Like, he did not come out in that Glover fight like that. Yeah, they, he got a mental round. coach, right? A mental yeah, health coach. Yeah, he talked about that. Yeah, I've got a mental health coach. Building and, himself like, back up. And, yeah, I guess he's like, said that, like, they climbed a mountain together and, like, yeah. did a lot of visual, visual, visualization, visualization. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that while they were climbing it. And he said, like, it, it, it helped him a lot. And, Man, I thought I saw he the definitely difference diff- in he that first a round. Bit more himself for sure. You guys go back. You go back and watch that Glover fight. That first round was like, whoa, purple is, ankle wraps. This is, then... Yeah, purple ankle wraps, and you're like, <laughs> this is not the yawn that we've we've been seeing. Right. Um, but definitely looked improved. So, uh, like I said, sucks for both of those guys. Probably going to be out a little bit for sure for Rackage. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens with Yawn. Co-main event boys, Ryan Superman Span defeats Eon Kuntalabe. Via gu- guillotine, excuse me, at two minutes in round one. That's nine career guillotine choke victories for Ryan Span. Um, I mean, really impressive. I mm-hmm. I told you guys last night if this guy's really learning MMA, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, everybody at two hundred five's in for it because physically, athletically, Specimen. he's got everything you know it's just like i told you guys it's just obviously the fight iq is something i think a lot of people have always questioned you go back to you know the johnny walker when he had him completely out on his feet and Mm -hmm. shoots a double leg and gets guillotined you know it's like so you always kind of and he's done little small things like that that have always kind of knocked him back down in the rankings where you're like oh you've got it man just you know so but his instincts to jump on that front choke were just like i mean yeah to break off the cage and and i mean as soon as he touched his neck it was in yeah well, Man. he's got such long arms. Yeah. Like he hits that high elbow. Um, actually, I guess it isn't a high. Yeah, it is a high elbow guillotine. Well, like he started one. it as a high elbow and then Kuntalaba. Yeah, he just went for broke and just flopped and tried well, to get out of it. It makes me think of the Jones Machida. Yeah, like the way he gets his arm. His arms are so long, he can get him wrapped all the way around. Yeah, he's the neck. pushing that wrist right into the yeah, karate. I mean, yeah, that's just you have to have long arms to do that. Sure. But, so anyway, like you could tell us before he even got his hand connected, Eon was about to tap. I mean, oh. that's how tight it was, dude. When they hit, so like whenever you see those guillotines and like having been and putting one of those and been putting one from a standing position like that, when you hit the mat. And like no, there's no movement. Like you don't get any no like separation. <laughs> no separation. Else. You know how tight that <laughs> is. it is. So dang tight. So when they hit the mat and like he was just immediately just still stuck. And he in was it. stuck in there for like two, three. Extra I was seconds. like, oh yeah, this is it. Because like you just know how tight that is. When and and he was kind of in that mount position. So I mean, just I mean, it was just so tight, so good. Really excited to see. I mean, I, he talked a lot in his post fight about um, mental for him, and he's got to go back, and he said he needs to fix himself mentally. So mm-hmm. shout out to him for being open about that. Don't know what he's dealing with or going through, but he said once he's mentally fit and ready to go, he'll come back for everybody else. Yeah, so. this version of him is, I mean, his striking didn't look bad. He got took down three times in three minutes and still ended up yeah. finishing. Yeah, he looked comfortable off his back. Yeah, I mean, he, so didn't, he didn't look panicked, worried. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was calm. So got I, up. I liked it. Yeah, no, I agree. And there's going to be a ton of matchups for him, you know, whenever he does want to come back, you yeah. know. Um, we got Uncle, La- Uncle Ayev and Smith, 
coming up. And Jamal. then Wait, you, know, you got Jamal Hills out there. I feel like he's matched up with somebody. Tiago Santos. Santos, uh, yeah. Right. And then you have Paul Craig. But, you know, he could step in and face a winner, a loser. Well, a winner. He won't face a loser. But, you know, mm -hmm. if, you know, depending what happens with Jan, you know, he could face an Anthony Smith, Magomed winner um, for a title eliminator for sure, number one situation. So uh, shout out to Ryan Spann, though, man. Awesome, awesome victory there. And then, boys, our boy, Wavy, <laughs> David Grant, Wavy, David. defeats Lewis Schmolka by KO in round three. Violent. I actually want to start by complimenting Schmolka because that dude is so tough. Uh, got really, really teed up in round one there. Um, yeah, I was looking dark. Looking really dark. Got, <laughs> yeah, got dropped by uh, Davy Grant. With a jab. Yeah, really, really, really stiff jab. <laughs> Which is scary. ironic because I felt like, like the whole fight, it looked like Davy was like, you know what? We're just doing loopings. Yeah. Because he was, he met, I don't think he's ever seen a hook he didn't like because he's just. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, then Smolka comes out though and wins round two. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was looking really bad. Starting for to slow down for Davy. Yeah. But man, those calf kicks added up uh, for Davy mm -hmm. uh, Grant because he drops Smolka with one in the third. After that, lands flush with a couple really big uh, ground and pound nasty, nasty shots. Knocks Smolka out. And that's it for our boy, Wavy Davy. Continuing the hype train. Hey, he threw 200 strikes. Yeah, insane. <laughs> all hooks, too. Yeah, all <laughs> hooks and calf kicks, man. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the the Wavy Davy U.S. fan club is alive and well right here on the Neon Billy podcast. <laughs> We've got to talk to this guy. Yeah, send yeah. us some submissions. We, we, yeah, we, if you want to get him to the club. Yeah, we need to start getting on his Instagram, getting in the comments. I mean, we've been on this guy for a while. Fan club, like we said. Mm -hmm. um, membership fees, reach out to us at Neon Billy Podcast. <laughs> um, we will gladly take your Wavy Davy money mm -hmm. all day long. Yep. I mean, his only losses in his past six, we're talking about Adrian Cheeto Giannis, and right? Adrian Young. Yeah, it's like, crazy. And, he's and they're split decision losses. They're not like yeah. he's getting dominated, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Love me some Wavy Davy. Boys, next fight, Caitlin Chukagian defeats Amanda Hebas by split decision, 28-29. Um, I think across all judges' scorecards. Um Chukagian is in a very interesting position right now as the number one ranked women's flyweight. Um, she did pass Valentina for most flyweight wins last night, ironically. I thought that was fairly interesting. Um, but she's won five in her last six since losing to Valentina. Um, and with that win last night, that's now four in a row for her. Hard not to give her another crack at the title. But yeah. it's also hard to, like you said last night, Brandon, it's also hard to see what she offers to Valentina. So. Yeah, man, and I hate, I don't know, this is it's such a weird division, man, because, like, without Valentina, sure. I feel like it's such, it's so wide open, but Valentina, yeah. it's like the Jones thing, right? Like, who's going to offer what to Jones? Yeah. And, like, later in his career, obviously, he's gotten some good challenges, but with Valentina, it's like, nobody's touched her. Yeah. Like, not even come close. I know. Mm -hmm. And then, so everyone who wants the rematch, you're watching their fights leading up to a rematch, let's say, and you're looking for what, okay, what's different? What are you bringing new to the table? What are you going to offer that's, you know, make it exciting for the rematch itself? I got a takedown. Um, I landed two punches Yeah, in a row, man, like. and it's like she got taken down with a, uh, a headlock, like an old school Twice, wrestling like two headlock. two or three times, She's, yeah. Rebus is a really good uh, judo player. And, well, I mean, and she has good judo, I mean. It's really... Uh, Really worth mentioning as well is he bosses a 115er that came up to fight this fight at 125. So she's mm -hmm. even a little bit smaller mm. of an opponent. Now, you could make the argument because her one loss in those six fights, uh, her last six since losing to Valentina, was uh, Jessica Andrade. Body shot. Yeah. yeah. So maybe she struggles with smaller opponents. I don't know. <laughs> uh, me personally, 
I know Andraj is back down at 115. Seems like she wants to stay there. She's going after the title. She wants out of Spars a fight. If there's any way they could convince her to come back up for one more, I think run it back with Andraj. Because I Kate, think Caitlin. Caitlin, yeah. Okay. Because I think one more fight for Caitlin, like the division's not the Valentina's not going anywhere. Nobody's going anywhere. And you know, she said in her post fight because they asked her what's the difference, and you know, since the last time you fought her, she's like, "Well, it's three years ago. I'm much improved," and I would agree with that. She has improved. It's I, been three years. Yeah, wow. COVID's messed it up, man. It That's messed everything crazy. up. But you know, I told you guys like like last night. I enjoy watching Caitlyn Chukagian fight. I, I mm-hmm. think she has a very interesting. She's very style. She's very well rounded. Really technical. I love her head movement, her footwork, um, and she's nasty on the ground. Let's not forget, she's a death. Squ- uh, John Danaher. Well, was I know. She's she's still in the basement in New York. I know yeah, they've since but, gone. But I mean, I feel like that's just at this point to me that's just a name because she's throwing up I mean, rubber guard and stuff. Like, but you're also not, getting a certain quality. Yeah, but you're also mm-hmm. getting a certain quality of training. I is feel she like, though? Because like yeah, here, like sure. I hear you say that, but how much is she in the blue room? How and much is she a, training? A lot. I think weekly, yeah, and she's one that actually um, I, I watched a piece on her. I don't know if the UFC did it or not, but she actually like. She lives outside of New York. I'll, I'll find this video and I'm going to send it to you because you might get a different respect for her. Mm. But she travels like hours to and from there, like I think almost daily because she like drives to like some train and then she takes a train into the city and like gets on subways. I'll find it. Um, but she's definitely dedicated. And she travels mm. all around in trains as well. She's not stationary, which I like that. I kind I think that works for some people and it seems to be working for her. Um, but yeah, I want to see one more big tough test. And yeah, I, I like that. I like the Andrade try to be awesome. I think it makes a ton of sense. It's yeah, how it happens. Yeah, because Andrade be nice. title. Yeah. Honestly, I thought Amanda won. I do too. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to that. Because <laughs> she had, for sure. Yeah. She almost had a whole round of Thank control time. Thank you for bringing time. that up. Yeah. Three takedowns. She outstruck her. And I feel like in the third round, she pushed harder and was actually landing some big shots. No, I 100% agree. Let's, um, like, let's and get as to good that. As, and I mean, Caitlin does a really good job of staying behind that jab, those front kicks. Yeah. At one point in the third, I seen her go back to her thing where she does like an X and then throws a punch. Yeah. Really bad form. Yeah. Um, but I thought Amanda won that. But I think. You know, the optics of being on the outside sometimes are tough because you got to get hit to come in and it doesn't look great all the time. Yeah. But I thought, like I said, you have almost a, four minutes and 49 seconds of control time mm-hmm. from after getting that headlock and side control. I mean, she had to fight off. Um, Caitlin did a really good job of trying to throw that hook in from side control, which I've never seen yeah. like in our Flex- like regular roles. And flexibility. But she's so tall. I mean, she's yeah. so much. She'd basically be what like Damien would be like at 25, like so much taller and bigger. Well. The, the first round, Rebus got her down with the headlock and switched aside and got immediately into a mountain crucifix. And mm-hmm. that's isn't that how Valentina finished, Caitlin, was crucifix? Oh, it does seem like that. I mm-hmm. want to say that's what it yeah. was. I was thinking, man, this is just like, I mean, if Valentina gets you here, it's, yeah. it's night night. And, um, I mean, she ended up toughing out of it. But, again, I, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a lot of control time. And then, like I said, in the third round, I thought it was kind of maybe a little bit even, but I thought the you know that round of her being on her back so much could have been maybe 10-8 territory who knows but i thought the third round i thought amanda pushed way harder she really let i mean she was screaming yeah. at one point just going forward both throwing, were yeah, at the end. yeah just throwing punches at each other but i thought amanda was landing a lot yeah. um so it's unfortunate i mean there's nothing wrong with losing to the number one right in, in a sense but i mean if she wins that she has a very good claim for a title shot because she's never fought valentina yeah so that's a little bit unfortunate for her but i thought amanda looked really good caitlin looked good too it's just um i just told you guys i wish she was blessed with knockout power yeah, yeah man i mean be... she has like 17 decisions yeah like I, all her wins except for like one in like 2016 if she, i really think if she had that power i mean she would put 
lady's lights out because she can she, land yeah she yeah. can land yeah it's yeah. just she just doesn't it's just i think some people have it and others don't but yes i agree john i'm glad you brought that up very controversial decision and i i too had amanda i felt like at the end of that i was like oh reboss probably got that at the end there so mm-hmm. Um, last two fights we're going to talk about Manuel Torres Ooh. defeats Frank Camacho by TKO in round one. Um, that's Manuel's first fight, um, uh, in the UFC officially is coming off the contender series. Um, man, what a debut. And Frank Camacho is a guy that's been around a while. So, mm-hmm. um, really, really, really impressive knockout debut for him. Excited to see what he does. He's in a tough division that, you know, obviously the lightweight division, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's, it's hard to get excited for young guys, man. And like his striking is so nasty though you know like you know being in the card collecting world a little bit um guys are like brandon i know you don't know but people are going nuts over patty car like patty pimblet rookie cards right uh-huh. now are like everybody and i'm just like guys mm. listen, i don't know how yeah. you would do against torres like dude the way he was throwing them straight punches and the uh, way he was landing like yeah he might he's i i would say he's on my like prospect watch like look for him on the torres. next undercard yeah his oh yeah his striking is ridiculous, yeah. man. Yeah, it's it's just hard sometimes to get excited when you see the top of the light, the lightweight, and then you yeah. see your Patty Pimblets of the world, or you know some of these guys trying to come up. It's like it's fun, but like let's chill for just a second. You yeah. know, let, mm-hmm. let's see. Let's take. It's just going to take a little time. It's going to take a few years, honestly, because yes, you yes. got to get some of these top five, six guys right. just retired or whatever yeah. the case may be. So the division kind of has to change over yeah. a bit. I agree. Um, last fight, I have to mention it. Michael Johnson defeats Alan Patrick by knockout in round two. <sighs> Johnson ending a four fight losing streak. So congrats to him, man, because you start going down that slope of losing streaks in MMA, mm-hmm. and man, some people just never come out of it. You know, we're, you know, seeing guys like Jeremy Stevens even leaving the UFC and still can't get a win. Anthony Pettis yeah. was in that, you know, mm-hmm. thankfully just got a win last week, but it's a tough That you know, one, too, was so unclean. Oh, though. man, yeah. Oof. I mean, he'll always be dangerous, but, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, sitting here today on a Sunday how good that probably feels for him. Oh, just, yeah. Uh, get, a, get back in the win column, but get a win in the UFC, man. You lose four in a row, your fifth fight probably isn't going to be in the UFC. Yeah, typically, no. Yeah, so so congrats to Michael Johnson, man. Lives to fight another day in the organization, and uh, he's a legend and deserves the shout-out. So Your boy, your boy uh, Maximov lost, too. Yeah. Maximov, the, sorry. The, 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 uh, what was he, Russian? The Russian Diaz brother? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's the, like, <laughs> you see what he said about fighting Hamzat? Uh, I'll fight that fool. <laughs> no. Lost to that Andre Petrosky Petrosky from the Ultimate Anaconda. Fighter. Nasty Anaconda. Yeah, and that Petrosky, I think that's like two or three in a row for him now. He was one for ten for his strikes, but yeah. he sunk that in. Yeah, he's three in a row. I've been kind of impressed with him since he's come in from the Ultimate Fighter. So he's definitely somebody guys, to look out for. What do you guys think of the was it the, I think the first fight on the main card was Oliver's teammate. Um oh, uh, yeah. Alan, yeah, I don't know how to say the last name. It's yeah. Alan something, right? Uh, yeah. He yeah. looked he looked good, man. That was a really good fight, man. Yeah. I, like there was mm-hmm. a lot of jiu-jitsu, man. That's why I'm a little biased. And uh, what was Haiti? Hot Haiti, what was Haley? Jake Hadley. Man, those uh scrambles. The scrambles. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they were throwing stuff forth. up. Like it was I agree. I thought yeah, the jujitsu, the grappling exchanges and that were really, really mm-hmm. high level, really fun and to watch. That um <sighs> How are we saying the last name? I'm just gonna say Allen. Yeah, just call him. Uh, yeah, it's he's like probably a lot. He had a split decision loss to is it Tiger Tigre, the Russian, um, from Habib's team mm. a little bit ago. I don't know. They fought. I went back and looked. I'm like, Ooh, why do I not remember this guy much? Yeah, and, split decision. Yeah, and he's a monster too. So that was it. I went back and watched him and his stuff. Man, he oh. might be on the lookout for. I mean, him. if you're training with for, Charlie Olives every day for mm. Oliveira's yeah. guy, mm-hmm. okay. 
Yeah, you're chanting yeah. with Oliveira. You're you're in good company. Sort so. of like uh, who's the guy that split with Islam early in his career? That you always bring up. Oh, I'm on Yeah, like yeah. that. You know, he's he's a great. You yeah. know, he's sort of resurging now. But if you go back and look at his wins and losses, man, he's not. He Fought some split killers. to Islam isn't yeah. bad. So yeah, age as well. Uh, Brandon, update us on our points before we get into next week's UFC fight night. All right. So technically, um, the fight ended via TKO. Mm-hmm. Yes. So are we gonna, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give the TKO. It was they had it as a medical stoppage, and then I saw last night on the post-fight show, they switched it officially to a TKO. So, mm-hmm. definitely give a TKO. So, that gives John three points. Whoa, um, nice. Yep, so he's still in the last, but he's catching up, man. He's got 25. Nate, you had nothing because you had Ratchet. Ratchet. Ratchet, yep. Um, you have 26, and then I got one point, so I'm at 35. There it so is. 25, 26, 35. There it is. Boys, spinning it forward. UFC Fight Night, Holly Holm versus Ketlin Vieira this Saturday. Uh, the former Bantamweight champ, Holly Holm, is coming in on a two-fight win streak with back-to-back unanimous decision victories over Raquel Pennington and most recently, Irene Aldana. Her opponent, Ketlin Vieira, is coming in off her biggest win in her career, a unanimous decision victory over another former Bantamweight champion last November in Misha Tate. She's 2-1 and one in her last three, and I bring that up because I think that she should be 3-0 and in her last three, but unfortunately lost a very controversial mm-hmm. uh, unanimous decision loss to Yana Kunaitskia. Uh, didn't Just didn't go her way. I don't know why. I still watch that fight. have no idea how they didn't give it to Ketlin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this will be a fun matchup. We all know Holly, obviously the high-level kickboxer, boxer, while Ketlin's a very high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Your guys' thoughts on what should be a title eliminator for the women's bantamweight title. So, Caitlin, when she fought Misha, I don't remember that fight going to the ground much. That seemed to be like no, a it was on the feet a lot. Stand up, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would, I would say this is classic grappler versus striker, right? Yeah. But I thought the same thing with Misha and her. Sure. It was very much stand up. So yeah, Misha just didn't really shoot much. She did a couple times, but um, yeah, I mean, I think Caitlin was just so long and so much bigger that she was just kind of able to keep her at distance a little bit. Uh, Misha was just having a hard time getting in, but never really engaged anything either. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of not not much action. Being honest, yeah. I rewatched it the other day. Um, John, what you what do you think? I, I think it's a it's, it's a traditional striker versus grappler. I mean, you look at Holly Holm; she only has one submission loss to Misha Tate. Um, obviously, Ketlin's a, a way better grappler. I feel like than Misha. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she gets to like the back or the neck, that could be interesting. But also, I mean, um, uh, Holly's knocked out Aldana, who knocked out. Um, Caitlin, so mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting MMA math there. Um, I think that Holly Holm has a lot of experience, and I think she's going to be able to stay away from her and keep it a standing up striking match. Um, and if that's the case, I don't think Caitlin has a very great chance because Holly Holm is just a really really good striker, and the only people she loses to are people who are on that level or higher sure. in that department. So here's my thoughts, and I'm just going to get straight to my pick. And I'm going to give you my thoughts, which is going to lead into it, I guess. Um, Holly is coming into this fight not having fought since October of 2020. Um, she's been sidelined with injuries. I believe it was her knee. She was supposed to fight last year and uh, damaged her knee. So she's 40 years old. She's coming 
coming in off a really bad hard knee injury and i kind of just wonder at her age given all that she's accomplished in this sport mm -hmm. if she really has an appetite for another ufc title run and possibly mma in itself because she's talked in the lead up to this fight about potentially returning to boxing to fight katie taylor um, which makes me think that she's kind of considering her career past mma or at least mm. what it might look like not being in mma yeah. um, and that concerns me in this fight because she's facing a fighter in Vieira who has talked in the lead up to this that she thinks that this is a title opportunity for her with a win mm -hmm. um, she knows what this moment means in her second consecutive UFC main event and I'm sure she's coming in with a ton of confidence uh, just having beaten another former champ in Misha Tate and like I said I just with Holly you know when you're starting to talk about past MMA and like well maybe I'll go back to boxing it's like well where are you really because we know even just as fans, you know, you've, we've heard enough fighters say it that you can't have the MMA right. has to be your main. There's no mistress, you know, yeah, and so you just kind of I don't doubt that she's not. I mean, Holly Holmes is savage. She's a legend. I know she's going to be prepared for this fight. I know she's trained for this fight. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that. But does she have that hunger that that want that will that she's going to need? Because Kellen's a dog, man. I mean, it's going right. to be a tough fight to me. If that was if she didn't want to do it, she didn't want to make that run. She wouldn't have taken taken this fight. I mean, she had two years off. She was recovering. She relaxed. She I mean, I'm assuming that's what she was doing and kind yeah. of getting back to being more active. But she had I mean, she had a lot of time to think and wait. So for me, her taking this fight against a hungry contender like that is her saying, yeah, I want one more run. And that's going to, you know, we'll see come sure. this weekend how that goes. But mm -hmm. I would think if she really did want out, she would have taken that opportunity by now. Because she had the perfect I time. So. Why I wouldn't she? Because maybe she is like, maybe, you know, her, what she's telling herself is like, okay, I beat her. Next fight's a title shot. Win or lose, I'll dip. Okay. But to me, you're still considering the end. You're seeing the end. Um, and like we like said, we've just heard enough from so many fighters that um, when you start thinking about the end and you start visualizing what that looks like, that you do kind of subconsciously maybe take one step out the door. Sometimes, I'm not saying that she's not going to be And then prepared. sometimes you have like Aldo who's like, oh, I'm going to do this one fight and pass the torch. Aldo's never talked about quitting though. He talked about going to do soccer and stuff before his, oh, when his contract was on, coming dude. up. He was like 35. He's never going to play soccer. That's not but even What realistic. I'm saying is he was saying that he stuff. He could go out. play for like a city league team. Who knows, dude? He's a, he's a super <laughs> athlete. Yeah, he's not going to play for like a Premier League. No, league. but yeah, he's not. I think um, since I'm in last, I'll go ahead and make my pick so you can get to yours. <laughs> yep. I'm going to take Holly home. Uh, I'm going to say second round TKO. I'm going to say Kellen Vieira here. I'm going to say fourth round submission. Nice. Um, probably looking at even like more specifically a, like a rear naked choke guillotine situation. I like Holly Holm in this one too, man. Um, she's strong. She's big. Mm -hmm. I think she's able to keep girls off her pretty well. She's got good hips. Um, I'll go with Holly fourth round TKO. And f yeah, and for the record. Would not be surprised. You know, if, if Holly can keep this a little bit more like my thoughts on the matchup is if Holly can keep this standing, it could be, it will be a long night mm -hmm. for Ketlin. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, she's by far the better striker and I don't care how old she is, how bad her knee is. She's just that much better in that department. And who knows? Sometimes Holly comes out there and she wrestles. I mean, she's yeah, done that before. That, um, I don't know if she's going to want to do that. Well, with I, don't, I don't know, but I'm just saying Ketlin's sometimes savage she's so strong though, though. Sometimes yeah. it can be a little bit of a, I think like, her. I think her best bet's just to utilize what she does. One hundred percent. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Holly starts 
you know, bringing out some extra tools sure. from the bag and we see yeah. something different. She yeah. did it with Megan Anderson. I mean, she's done it with people before. Yeah, Ketlin did an interview and said that, you know, she knows that Holly's going to expect her to shoot, you know, so she was kind of, like what Ketlin was saying is she's got to surprise her too, you know, with some mm-hmm. different. So there's always that little gamesmanship going into it, but um, really interesting because I do believe, regardless of who wins this, number one contender probably yeah. after um, Amanda and Pena rematch because, I mean, I think Holly's number one and Ketlin's three or four. I'm not mistaken. You think there's sure. a real, a, no, a weird be, scenario that if Amanda's Amanda wins, they try to do a trilogy? Could be. Uh, I depend. Just because who knows how yeah. much longer Amanda's fighting. So. I don't know. Uh, the co-main on this card, boys, another one we're going to pick for, Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Michelle Pajera. Um This is going to be an absolute banger. <laughs> <laughs> Ponzinibbio... Uh, is coming into this fight off a split decision loss to Jeff Neal last December, which that fight was absolute carnage. Um, He's definitely had a rough run of form since returning after his three-year layoff. Uh, He's one and two in his last three, um, but he's fought all killers. He came back after three years and fought Lee Zhilengong. Then he beat Miguel Beaza and then lost to Jeff Neal. So he's Mm -hmm. fought some really tough guys. Um, It's not like he's, you know, came back after three years and went for some paint cans. Um, and this, that streak is going to continue here, stepping in against a guy um, who's on an absolute roll himself and Michelle Pajeda. Mm-hmm. He's coming in on a four-fight win streak. His last win was a unanimous decision victory over the always dangerous Andre Fialho. That fight was an absolute carnage. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. This, three are yeah, super this, impressive. This fight's going to be crazy, man. Uh, he hasn't had a finish, though, since 2020, and his last three fights have all ended in decision. Um but to last all three rounds like with a guy like Fialho uh, is pretty impressive. Well, and you got to look at the scope of Michelle's career, too. Sure. He came in as the guy who was doing jumping, spinning yep. cartwheels to get knockouts and then slowed down, tried to get the cardio yeah. right fixed. Let's be a little more controlled. So you're going to see less finishes, but you're also yeah. going to see more wins, I would think. And yes, he, I mean, I he lasted three rounds with Nico Price as well and Chaos Williams. Like yeah. Those are all three guys that, you know, if you don't get them out of there, they're yeah. liable to get you out. So that's very impressive for sure. Oh, I agree. And... I mean, he, like what Brandon just nailed it right on the head, man. He is completely chilled out, transformed. I mean, he still has the cartwheel kicks. Oh, yeah, and he, can do, he can do some crazy flies stuff. Flies off the cage yeah. with the Superman punches. But his cardio in that last fight against Fialio, like I said, they were just bombing on each other, held up for three rounds. He looked great. I think that actually is something that helped him in that mm-hmm, fight because mm-hmm. uh, he was definitely the fresher fighter by the third round. Um yeah, I, I'll be honest, I really like him in this spot. Um, you know, Baeza, if you go back and watch the Ponzinibbio Baeza, you know, Baeza is not a guy that's going to kill you with the movement, the footwork type stuff. You know, the he's looking for those big power, you know. Big and shots, yeah. yeah, and that's where Ponzinibbio kind of struggles, I think, a little bit maybe. Um, I feel like he's been getting his leg kicked off every fight, and somehow he just stands yeah. there and keeps throwing punches. Yeah, and, you know, if you go like Jeff Neal, I'm not saying Jeff Neal and Pajeda are sim- the same, but, the, you know, Jeff Neal's a guy he was in and out the whole time, always on his toes, bouncing, moving, switching stances, exactly the same stuff that I think we're going to see out of Michelle Pajeda. Um, if you guys don't have anything else, let's get to the picks, though. I'm going Michelle first round knockout. Oh, I think wow. he's going to do something crazy. And I think Ponzinibbio is crazy enough to just stand in front of him and try to bang with him. Could be. And I think Michelle has that type of power to really just do something crazy. So I'm just going to go try to get some points, make up, take a chance. I'm going to say Michelle Pajeda. These guys have both been decision machines lately, so mm-hmm. I'll say just go with that trend. Michelle Pajeda, unanimous decision. Although I will say, I feel like he's probably due for a finish. So That's what I was thinking. Maybe I take a flyer on a submission victory here. Didn't he submit chaos? 
no uh, decision. No, he's like three. Or, I think all four of them are he unanimous. Submitted yeah. somebody. He submitted someone. Somewhere yeah, back recently. in 2020. That that was his. Um, no. It was a rear naked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zeline. Yeah, I don't remember. And Medina or something like but that. But Ponzi is tough. Yeah, I'll stick yeah. with my unanimous decision, Michelle Pajeda. Got to ride with my guy, Michelle. Um, I'm going to take a – I'll take second round knockout. John, you took first. I could see it happening any round. Is he your favorite 170-er? Yeah. Ooh, no. I, no, because you got uh, got the Maverick. Yeah. No, there's a couple yeah. guys. Head ahead. Hey, Kiesa could be a guy – if he wins this fight – yeah. That could be a really you might, potential. You might be in Crytown when you got to watch two uh, years. Yeah. Wait till Oliveira and Islam go out. I don't even know what. I'm <laughs> oh, gosh. I rewatch that Oliveira fight and, like, just love that dude more and more yeah. every time I watch it. Uh, uh, also on this card, another absolute banger in Fight of the Night candidate. Chitty Injikawani returns to face Dusko Todorovic. If you know anything about Chitty Injikawani, that debut was a massacre. Um, and. Todorovic is another really, really good kickboxer. Those two are going to go at it. And then buried way down on the prelims, a guy named Chase Hooper, Brandon's favorite, returns yeah, to action. I didn't think he was still mm-hmm. fighting. I thought he got cut. Nope. Really? I think he's like, as of right now, he's like the second fight on the night of the car. He's only 10 and 2, though. Hopefully he started lifting. Yeah. 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 He's definitely weird how he's a guy that just needed to kind of move into another, his spot. Another sneaky one is Jonathan Martinez being so low. Oh, yeah, but he's on like. One or two fight. He no, just lost. he just he beat Alex Perez. Oh yeah, but didn't he lose to somebody? He lost to Davy Grant. Davy Grant, yeah. But he's Davy knocking. He's him four out. and one in his last five though. Mm. So I don't know, but I mean, he's a really good fighter. Definitely watch like, him. He's not like super personable, maybe. No, like, yeah. So could be that. Brandon, let's get to this world famous facts. Don't care about your feelings. I can't wait. I love this. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, here's the deal. Because you guys had me sit on this for a little bit. Okay, so, so it got better. It's got, it's 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 been <laughs> cycled through a few times. Okay. So this is what I came out with. Um, I'm just gonna say it, <laughs> <laughs> and then see, and then I'll just leave it to you guys to respond. Okay. Then, oh my gosh. <laughs> Please don't be racist. Please see, don't. I'm, gonna clo- I'm gonna hold on, hold on. I'm gonna close my eyes. Sometimes I get nervous that I'm gonna like say it, and you guys are like, "Really? That's it." Like sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes that makes me nervous. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Charlie Olives is one win away from being the lightweight goat and surpassing Habib Nurmagomedov. Okay, well, first off, Habib's not the lightweight goat, yeah, so we can start there. Yeah, you're wrong there. I mean, no, it's the BJ Penn, but nah, it probably took you a lot to say that though. It did take a lot. <laughs> Listen, I've been thinking about this a long okay, time. Okay, okay, keep going. But no, that's that's where it sits. BJ Penn. I mean, he was good in his era, but what Habib did was way more impressive. And part of that's because BJ, in the latter part of his career, like this M. Wade kind of Anderson's latter part, kind of, I'm not going to say it ruined it, but it really made it hard to follow up with the GOAT stuff, right? Because sure. you always have to consider it. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it diminishes everything. I'm just saying you got to consider it. Same thing with BJ. Habib is the only dude to go through, win the title, defend it, no losses, arguably didn't lose a round, okay? Mm-hmm. Except for the Gleason T-Bow. Again, Didn't arguably, he lose a round to Connor? Arguably didn't lose a round. Well, so some people fought to Gleason T. Pretty, some, sure, pretty sure yeah. Connor 10 9 him. Again, some people say <laughs> that he lost a round to Connor. Some people say that he, he lost, lost a fight. fight. I'm pretty Listen, sure, I'm pretty sure the scorecard said he lost 10 9. To Connor? Yeah. I'm cool with that. Okay, so he lost one round, arguably, in his career, in his entire career. That's. I get what you're saying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, for sure. So Charles, for him to come in. So here's the thing you kind of look at the last three for both of them Chandler, Connor. Dustin and then Justin, right? So mm-hmm. both fought Dustin, both fought Justin. Habib arguably won both with less Dustin and Justin here, with less effort, like more dominance. 
Charles mm-hmm. beat them both quicker. Yeah. So, and then you throw in, let's compare, you know, Michael Chandler and Connor. I think Chandler's a more dangerous fighter. So I put the win over Chandler that Oliveira has over Abib's win over Connor. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I'm not, I don't think you're wrong. I think that also for Oliveira, it's, you know, the comeback from, and I mean, he gets, you know, two more title defenses in. He has more than Habib did. One more, I believe. Yeah. Well, I guess if, if he would have got this last fight, yeah, he would have tied him. I count this last one. I mean, yeah. that's kind of a weird thing. I look at it as a defense. I know technically it wasn't, but I think we can all look at it and kind of at least somewhat agree. Yeah. If in, So if we consider that one and then we go into this next defense, if he wins it, that's one, two, three. Is that mm-hmm. right? Three defenses? Yep. Yeah. That's the mo- that's just crazy that that's the most. Well, I don't even know if they'll call that a defense until he'd be winning the title. Yeah, back I don't. I don't ask. No, but too. And, and I think if you look at who Oliveira's beat and who he's finished, I think it's more impressive than what who would be beat and finished. Yeah. So, just kind of pulling up some numbers here. So, longest win streak obviously is Tony and Habib with twelve. Number three is Charles Oliveira with eleven. So he's one away from tying mm-hmm. that win streaks. Win streak yeah. just in the division. Mm-hmm. Title fight wins, though. BJ's got four. Benson and Habib all have four. Um, title fight? Title fight wins. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, he uh, forgot about it. So the it. next one would technically have been Charles's fourth. Man, so. Yep. So Charles is sitting at two title fight wins. Because this last one didn't count as one. Because it did not count. Oh, so I hate scales. Sucks dude. for him. Yeah. I'm somebody that t- I personally take that a lot, you know, into really? consideration. After yeah. everything that's came out? Yeah. Well, just because yeah, I think because here's the thing, we're sitting here in 2022, and that's what we're saying. Like, oh yeah, that's crazy. But in 2032, people aren't gonna, you know, they're not gonna. It's what what is what lives shows up for, on paper. What lives forever, and when you're talking about goat status, to me is what's what you leave behind. Um, mm. So mm. okay, yeah, because in like 15 years, people are gonna look back and respect Anderson Silva way more than they do today. So when you look at Jones and you see the popping for all the roids. I just I don't think people will care because they'll look back at the record book and see everything that happened. So you think people will care about Charles missing weight, but you don't think they care. No, no, about I didn't say they'll care about him missing weight. That's not. No, no, no. Let me rephrase. What I was saying is they won't care that um, he did not get a title win for that, or that it wasn't for the title. You see what I'm saying? So you think it's just gonna it's gonna go, it's a positive for him looking back? Is that what you're saying, or you think it's gonna be a negative? No, I'm just saying it, it just won't show up as it a just title won't show win. up as a title. It just doesn't so go for towards him, the record. So for him, he's taking title wins as a as a big marker for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So to not have that, people aren't going to look at that. But I will say this: if he beats Islam, I don't think there's anything. Anybody yeah, it'd can be say, tough. I mean, he might be the best UFC fighter in, on the planet at that point. Let's make this a little more interesting. Who wins in a five rounder, Habib or Charles? Charles. Well, that was quick. Yeah, yeah I, I, he has way more ways to win. Is this just? But is this just recency bias? No, because it's the way he's doing. I, you know people what? Too. I kind of tend to agree with John, and and you know why? Because I think if Habib came in and just stalked and walked down Oliveira like he did again, like that's kind of what his, was his thing. I don't think you can do that to Charles Oliveira right now. He's throwing mean punches. I, mean, I just and then he's not afraid of the takedown. Listen, I agree with you guys. Yeah. yeah. I just don't <laughs> especially now. Like he's been out for so long. I mean, I know he stays pretty active in terms of training. Habib? Yeah. yeah. I know he stays going. I know he stays grinding, but I just yeah, and I even if he tough. gets the takedown, man, nobody was is able to threaten him like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I said it after the Charles fight when we were out here. Charles might be the best overall 
as far as what he brings, as far as his striking, his yeah. you know, his grappling, his tenacity. And his biggest weakness right now, arguably, is just getting hit. Yeah. He's not going to do. But it's not even affecting yeah. him, his wins. <laughs> his right. biggest win weakness is he's blind. I mean, like, yeah, like, well, like, who, yeah, because you look at now, he survived being dropped by Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, and Michael Chandler. And Michael Chandler. Who is left in that division that you think is going to knock him out? Yeah. There's nobody. No, I don't have I mean, who, unless you who, get Connor in there, who, but I doubt that happens. That is an interesting one, only because, and I and I know I know you guys are thinking Connor Stan. That's not it at all. Because I I can be critical on Connor. I I think I've proven that time and time again. That left hand though is different. There's mm-hmm. something about precision, the power, the accuracy, all of that, which would make it interesting. I just don't know if he'd get it. Who hits yeah. harder, Justin or Connor? Justin, I bet. If you did measured like power. I bet I think I would Connor's say, is the precision. I bet as you much Justin's is hook is probably harder, but I bet you Connor's straight left is probably a harder punch than Justin's hook. Yeah, mm, I don't. Mm. I think it's just he, a, the, especially from that bladed stance. It's just like a piston. Uh, I don't, dude, the way Justin hits, dude, it looks like cinder yeah. block yeah. sending people in the. I head. think if they both hit those UFC punching bags thing yeah. things, I bet Justin's would be harder. I think maybe I think not Connor, right now, but I do think Con- Connor's more accurate. Con- that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. but. Even with the accuracy, like against an Oliveira, I just don't know if he'd find his chin. Well, and, you know, and if Oliveira goes out there and just like, I'm not going to stand with Connor. I'm just going to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> not much he can do. There. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing: who's ever put Justin Gaethje on his butt? People yeah. have wobbled him. Oh, you mean from hitting? But him? nobody's ever knocked him down. Justin. Well, no, he, he stayed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like another uh, Alvarez. No, mm. they said that. That Charles Oliveira was the first person to put him on his butt, like knock him down like that. And I, I think people are kind of underlooking his power in this situation. It's like he does have striking, but the way he's putting people down to get to these chokes, yikes, man! We're talking about uh, a leaps and like you, he could. He's arguably the best striker at this point now, from his showings to to knock and drop out, like the best guys that you could think of. And then now on the grappling thing, it's not even as far as submission wise, it's not close. And then we'll see if the Islam fight happens. Who? I mean, who's leading there? Last thing I'm going to say about Charlie Olive. This is this this your facts don't care about your feeling. Really turned into a Charlie Olive's uh, fan stand. Oik oik, yeah, session. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, okay. But one thing I want to say about him that I think separates him from so many people, not just in his division, but just in MMA right now, is his utilization of the Muay Thai clinch. Because we don't really see people using that to the highest degree in which he is right now in MMA. And it just, like, going back and rewatching his fights recently, it's like, that just impresses me so much, well, his ability to utilize it and just be so dangerous yeah. with it. Because you just don't see it much I think anymore. that's survival because he can't see. Could be. I think that's how he's measuring guys up. Could be. He's holding them. He knows if he has them here and he lets them go there, his hand will still land. So, he's like, I, I yeah. think some of that's because he can't see guys. So, real quick, we'll circle back. Okay. So, Charles wins his next fight. Let's say he beats Islam for the title. I don't know if I'm ready to say It's the most impressive four-fight run yeah. I've ever seen Yeah, in that division, especially. I, so that I, would I, be, I think I could do it. That would be Chandler, Gaethje, it's crazy. Dustin, and then Islam, Islam, who's the monster, right? The yeah. boogeyman. So you took out the... And the, before that, Tony Ferguson. Right. Who everyone was like, Abib never fought Tony, that whole thing. Yeah. Right? It'd be hard. Yeah, I, I think I could be okay with saying it. At the end of the day, I think I could be okay, which is wild to say because we're talking about, you know, not only him being the GOAT of a division that has been in the UFC since its inception, but the one that's probably littered with some of the most history besides 205, you know, mm-hmm. but is the best division probably top to bottom right now. Yep, That's yeah. insane to even put him in that conversation, you know, and he hasn't even, he's halfway to the 
equaling the amount of title fights for the record. You know and, what I mean? I mean, this but, guy has the most finishes of all time. In UFC history. And it's going to keep going Most up. submissions in yeah, UFC history. Like, so. I think I think he and well and um I actually have it in some of my news but since we're talking about it now it makes more sense I don't know if you've seen Ali came out and tweeted because Islam's a favorite like a big like a plus three fifty favorite mm-hmm. he said well Habib was never a underdog so how can how can Charles be the goat but I think it's just people not really still giving Charles his full respect because to see what he's done against these guys and he took these guys best shots. Yeah, like the, I, if you're gonna say in, the way any of those guys win, it was landing the big shot and that's it, and it didn't work. Yeah, Oliveira, we love you. Call us. Yeah, come do an interview, John. Let's get the news. Going on the news. Uh, going on the news. Uh, uh. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. All right, a little bit lighter than last week. We had a million fight uh, announcements last week, but first thing I want to hit you guys with is. Uh, speaking of Charles Oliveira, Alex Volkanovsky looking at possibly wanting to go up and champ champ. Um, he says that don't like that. He said looking at lightweights, I see great opportunities for that fight. I don't look at this as a big of a challenge. I want to go for the double champ status. Believe me, it ain't going to be as hard as what people think. Charles Oliveira walks out, Muay Thai clinches him, and just <laughs> knees him until he falls. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> he's so short. Yeah, I don't really get that. I mean, one. he's short for forty five. Yeah. What's he going to do? Take him down? Yeah. I mean, I, don't know. I mean, I, that's I, the thing about Oliveira too. Like. I feel like he's filled out his frame well for 155 too. Like he's yeah. gone up for sure a long time ago, but he's really maybe it was just in this last one though. I feel like he's like looked the most filled out we've seen him physically too. Yeah. So uh, another big thing I sent this to the group when we talked about it. Bo Nickel making his pro debut June third. Future champ. Where? Um, I did not see exactly. MMA Junkie just posted that. Yeah, he's I heard it his here. Debut. Future S- UFC champion. That's scary. Really? That dude's an athlete. Mm, let's see how those hands look. Yeah, I, I mean, I like. I'll tell you what. I like that he's taking a lot of time to learn. Mm-hmm. He's been has training. He, has he fought in an amateur fight? Ooh, I don't think he. Ha- I haven't heard not. anything. I would have seen been, it. But he's been a integral part of Jorge Masvidal's team. So he's been around. He's gotten the proper training. In that stand up, and I'm telling you, dude, a lot of these Division One national championship wrestlers come into MMA and they end up being bangers. I'm not holding my breath. We'll see. Well, the only thing at heavyweight is you got guys up there who put you heavyweight. Out heavyweight is he a heavyweight? No, <laughs> he should be fighting seventy or fifty five. I was thinking fifty five or welterweight. Uh, okay, I wasn't quite sure how much he weighed. I mean, he just looked jacked. That's why I wasn't. Yeah, sure. He's big, yeah. but he also cuts. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, we had some Bellator fights. Um, Leoto Machido gets knocked out. I think he's probably done. I know he wanted to go on a run, but this is like four knockouts in Bellator You'd hope in a so. row. Also, MVP loses by split decision. Um, he lost to Logan Storley. Uh, MVP outstruck him two to one as far as a ratio. I didn't see the exact numbers of it. Scott Coker come out and says, honestly, I thought MVP won that fight. You can't just lay on somebody. You're not doing any damage. You're not getting any closer to a submission. You're not creating any threat. You're just laying on somebody. And to me, that's not MMA. I'd have mm-hmm. to see the fight, but to me, that sounds like Scott Coker trying to protect a star, one of their yeah. biggest money makers. Well, for, I love and I love MVP. Yeah, I, I seen highlights and it looked like a lot of just holding on the cage, but I mean, I didn't see the fight. I, I feel like refs and I, especially since those spars a rose fight, refs should start getting a little more active with pushing the hey, let's see some more action. Let's yeah. see a little more movement. I agree. So, all right, so we got some some pretty nice fight announcement. We have Adrian Giannis and Tony Kelly. That's going to be on uh, UFC Austin, June 18th. Um, real quick, that Tony Kelly was in the corner for the one of the fights this past weekend. I think he was um, cornering. I can't, I can't remember who he was cornering, but the girl um, got eye-poked, and the girl she was fighting was from Brazil, and he's 
he was said something along the lines of that's what they're going to do. They're dirty Brazilians. And then he had to come out with a statement saying, I'm not racist. I was just in the heat of the moment, but it was definitely very sketchy. And he's listening to the chill sun. And yeah, when it's not racist. Yeah. It's not a race. Um, it's a nationality. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one for Adrian Giannis. I mean, the more he moves up, the better for him. We got uh, Paul Craig and Vulcan Ostemir oh, getting love, added to UFC London. Love Paul Craig. Huge fight. I don't know how Vulcan is still top 10, but that's where we're at. We got uh, Vincente Luque and Jeff Neal, August 5th. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems that's going to be a pretty good fight. It's a good fight for Neal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good one for him to come up. We got uh, Michelle Watterson and Amanda Lamoche. Yeah. That's going down. At least that's what they're working on. Um, we have Jim Miller and Bobby Green getting added to UFC Ooh, 276. That's a, fun one. that's a fun one. That's a big one. And then uh, the last one I got is our man, Nathan Manus. Yeah. Getting his fight against Umar Namakamadov. Wow, huge fight for him. Nice. I mean, he's fourteen and one though. You know, you can't. Yeah, it's there's there's not much more. It, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, this you can't really do much else. This with guy's it. down there training with the the white trash boys, getting them leg locks going. This could get very interesting. Yeah, we'll see how it goes against the Dagestan. Uh, the last little Dagestan. yeah, last little bit of news I have is uh, Jamel Charlo win last night by knockout, becoming the uh, super the king of the super middleweights, having all the belts. Against Brian Castiano, knocked him out in the tenth round. Heard they were eight thousand people under a sellout. Maybe. <laughs> no, that's I really saw that today. <laughs> Just putting that out there. I don't even know who that is. Like who you're talking about? That's uh, I think junior middleweight. That's like one fifty four. So imagine, imagine Tony Justin being under eight thousand people in sellouts, in a sellout. I mean, we we can go over these numbers again, but they don't. They don't. Change. Streaming sites, Brandon. No, they streaming don't. Sites. They don't change. At the end of the day, the last thing I'll say about it is within the seven year period he talked about happened it happened uh, Floyd and Pacquiao. Brandon, and that did not, double what Connor and Habib not did. I'm not trying to convince hold you. On, I'm just on. putting the last this number. Is the last thing I'm going to say. This is where, this is how I'm going to end this whole boxing versus MMA with me and John. John, did you watch or purchase that fight last night? No. Okay. When's the, what's the last boxing pay-per-view you watched or purchased on a streaming site? Uh, Canelo. Okay. Canelo and Triple G. Mm. Two. That was, was a long, long time ago. No, it was last year. <laughs> so he hasn't even watched a boxing pay-per-view in a year, and he's telling me it's bigger. Because they don't do the, pay-per-views. Or, or streaming site. I have <laughs> watched other boxing matches. I watched Lomachenko's last Just fight. Just going to leave it there. Just going to leave it there, people. Just going to leave it there. Consider your source. That's all I'm saying. Love, love, I love you, Joe John. You know it's love. Brandon. Song of the week, daddy. What you got? Ten things I hate about you by Leah Kate. I have no idea <laughs> what that even is. I heard it on the radio. It was actually really good. All right. It's like a contemporary thing. All right. Fair enough. I'll listen to it. It's probably it's more Jacob esque. He'll probably like it. <laughs> what do you think people think when they like hear the diversity of the music? So, what? Move from boys to men, a song for mama to ten things yeah. I hate about you. Slayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John, what is your one for the people? My one for the people is be on the lookout. I'm gonna try to get as much content on our TikTok as I can love to get it. us popping. So. I love it, John. I think John was born for TikTok. Oh, I hate TikTok. He's gonna be a TikTok star. Uh, hope so. No, probably not. I, but. I know. I really think you could be an MMA TikTok star. It's possible. Maybe. I did tell him that I'm gonna be a little bit biased since I know neither one of you will jump on there and use it. <laughs> So I'm gonna be on there like, hey guys, I love it. This is the guy who thinks he knows a lot. And I'm gonna point. It, I'm gonna have like zoom in on you. And be like, but I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, I love means it. yeah. I don't care. Brandon, what is your one for the people? Um, I don't. I didn't say this before. Um, I said this before the podcast. So I'll say it. Doctor Stranger is really good. I don't know what mm-hmm. you were talking about. What you were reading? I haven't. No, I just said um, I had like. I loved it. Like 
multiple people at work come up and tell me it just wasn't that good. Well, they're idiots. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. They might about. be listening. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Um, it was really good. I thought that everything that you would expect from a Marvel movie in terms of the kind of surprises was good. I thought the storyline was great. Um, it was good. It's a Sam Raimi movie with some Marvel characters. Yeah. Had the Marvel. Had Here's the, the thing, too. Stuff. I think we got to remember with Marvel, we had 10 years of build up to, to Endgame, right? And it's hard to continue something yeah. So like so long to be really really great. There's just so mm. much. They're starting to do the same thing they I, did with Star Wars. I agree. It's it's a lot, man. It, yeah. it is, and so that's why for me, even I was saying, you know, this was better than I would have expected. It was really good because you know the wait between movies used to be fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and they just like they're just watering the whole product down. I mean, there's like a show every month and then there's like yeah. a movie right after. I mean, it's just too, it's too a lot. I, I like it just because you get more characters involved with the shows. I think like, there's hardcores, like, you know, like where you guys might be more in that where it, like it works, but like, I think in terms of cat, like you're just watering down. Dude, as, a, as a hardcore man, it is getting to be a lot. Like it's hard for me to, to keep up with everything. Yeah. That's why when I do get something good like that, it's like, man, awesome. But Eternals, again, I haven't even watched Eternals. Like, yeah. and I am a hardcore, I love it. I just haven't watched it. It just doesn't interest me. Yeah. It's good. So. I just remember with like the Star Wars, like when they started doing the spinoff movies, at first I was excited and then it just, now I do like, I did enjoy like the Book of Boba and you know some of the Mandalorian. Those are cool, um, but man, it just it, when it just gets to be too much, I don't know. It just you can just ruin it. Too much of something yeah. is always a bad thing. Yeah. Let's, let's get into this heater, boy. Okay, so <laughs> oh yeah, I realized a pet peeve of mine this week, and like when I realized it, it was kind of one of those things like I'd never really processed it, and then I did, and I was just like, yeah, screw it. like those people are stupid. And mm. here it is. This is what it is, and I don't care who I offend with this. If you are over the age of 18, mm. there is no excuse in eating french fries with a steak. Ooh. You are an adult. <laughs> order a baked potato. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I... We were watching... This all started because we were watching a TV show and these two people married at first sight. And these two people, they were out to eat. And one of the guys got a steak. This big, juicy, fabulous looking steak. And had french fries with it. Explain to me why. You were an adult. You were well, eating how does a, that because you're eating does, a steak. Yeah. So how does that relate? So if you're an adult, you can't eat French fries. No, 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 no. Don't eat it with a fifty dollars steak. Why? Get a baked potato. It's like getting into a UFC fight wearing starter shorts. Oh, it just it just irked the. And then he was like sitting here like. Dum, 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 dum. What if they're like steak fries? No. No. Really? You're eating a fifty, forty, whatever dollar steak. Buy fifty dollars. What if it's a what if it's like a. $14 sirloin. I mean, no. Really? You're at a, I mean, especially if you're at a restaurant, you're paying Just to get be a burger. There. Get a baked potato. You are a grown man or woman. I don't understand this at all. I 100% just four days ago got a steak with steak fries and it was That's fabulous. disgusting, Brandon. What? Why not get just That's like mashed potatoes or a baked potato? I don't, they're not like McDonald's fries, man. They're like, they're actually like thick. They're baked French fries. fries. It's French. It's their fries. It's literally a potato. If you want to get into this, Children, it's a potato. Children, it's the base, the, the most basic level. You're complaining about the way it was prepped. Dude, a baked potato, you know, you get the salt. It's the they, they put You're the salt, salt on the skin stuff. of it. The skin of the potato usually is done in some salt. They'll put the sour cream, the butter, the chives, the bacon, the cheese. It's It goes with a steak. Yeah. It's a gour- It's a more of like a gourmet side. My laptop just died. We How just do you order your steak? Medium rare. Mm, okay, yep. that's at least respectable. How yep. do you order yours? Well, medium rare for sure. Mm, okay. Save yourself there. I don't want to get the argument, but whatever. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. Being a dog. I thought you were going to say, like, don't chew with your mouth open. I was so if you oh, that too. Yeah. God. If you oh. see Nathan at Texas Roadhouse. Hold on. And you got fries on the plate. Yeah. Scrape oh, them no, you can have fries. If you have a burnt chicken, you got, whatever. If you got steak and fries, you might cover if them up with a If you just paid and... $30, 40 $50 for a steak and you order French fries, grow up. That makes no sense to me. You does it make you it in ketchup? Yeah, on the plate. I was going to say, does it make you extra mad if they dip it in ketchup? Probably. I know, actually, like a side cup would probably Do you use A1 mad. sauce on your steak? No. Okay, good for you. If, you, if you're if you using I'm searching a, for holes. No. If you're using A1 sauce on a steak... Then you just got your steak from, like, like Waffle a, House or something. It tastes like a shoe or something. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. You, you got you to gotta talk to the chef. Dude, I don't... Don't hate on the french fries, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Because like here's the thing. I'll, 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 I'll like kind of put some of the I steak sauce. I love french sauce. fries. I'll put some of the sauce on the fry. No. Oh, yeah. I will no. tell you this. I yeah. do like a little steak sauce on my baked potato, though. What? Yeah. little what? Steak little, sauce on his baked potato. A1. I couldn't do that. That's weird. I don't really care for A1. But the only reason I ever got that is because like having like cheap steaks growing up, you do hit it with some A1 because they're the cheap like Walmart joints that were shriveling up. I like baked potatoes. I'll get them 50% of the time, but I yeah. also get french fries 50% no. of the time. There's no excuse for it. Sure there is. They're no. good. You're an adult. Get I a am. baked potato. Do what I want. My money. No, you're going to do what I want. I'm going to get french fries on purpose. No. You're going to eat them dry? Don't do it around me. I'm going to flip your plate. I might put some ketchup, ketchup <laughs> next Spill your drink in his plate. <laughs> we will see you guys next Monday uh, on the Neon Belly Podcast. Until then, enjoy your weeks. Peace. Peace.